You are listening to Bit Podcast, a business podcast series produced by BitPod on behalf of PKF Malta. This series is brought to you by BitPod's co-founder, Dr. Marilyn Formosa. Everyone, welcome to this latest episode of the BitPod by PKF. My name is Alicia. I'm junior legal associate here at PKF Malta, and I'll again be the host of today's session in lieu of Marilyn. In this episode, we're continuing to examine some of the implications of the COVID-19 pandemic, as we have done in some of the previous episodes. And in fact, today we're going to be again delving further into the economic impacts, with the theme of this session being the age of triage. Now, this of course signifies the prevalence of some of the very difficult decisions that are needing to be made at this critical moment in time. So I think it will be really interesting to view this from an economic lens. Uh, most appropriately, today our special guest is Miriam Sotana, our Economic and Head of Advisory here at PKF Malta. Uh, welcome back, Miriam. Hello, Alicia. Thank you for having me back. Provide our listeners with a little bit of context. In your view, how is the world's economy faring with the COVID-19 outbreak? Yes, so from the last time we spoke, we have seen quite a number of changes. Last time we spoke about uh, the three phases concerning a pandemic. So we've gone through the outbreak phase and now we are in the second phase. If you remember, we had spoken about three main phases um, regarding the outbreak. Then there is the long hold of suppression and then there is the third phase, which is the containment phase. So now we are in the second stage. Um, we, ha- we are seeing a bit of recovery, obviously, because um, a number of sectors are opening up. We have seen recently um, a number of restaurants and beauty parlors opening up. So although there has been a lot of businesses who have lost substantial revenue in the process uh, because of lockdowns, um, we are starting to see a bit of um, picking up, the economy is picking up slowly, slowly. Um, we all know that travel and tourism was badly hit. In fact, um, in Europe in the last few months, the number of people traveling by plane fell from 5 million to around 50,000, uh, which is very, very little com- when compared to the previous situation before March. Um, also, the national airline in Malta, um, the Air Malta is also reporting redundancies. Obviously, there was a bit of a of a hassle regarding that over the media, but uh, obviously that is a reality which which all the all the airlines are facing as well. When we look at the macroeconomy in general, at the world economy, if we see the economists have reported that the world economy shrank by 1.3% when compared to the first quarter of 2019. And this is most mostly driven by the decrease in China's GDP um, as a contribution to the world economy, which, which decreased by 6.8%. If we remember, all this started in Wuhan in, in China. So that was the biggest impact on the global economy. Um, the Economist, interestingly, also reported that um, uh, if people cho- chose to maintain social distancing, um, the GDP in general is expected to, to operate at 90% capacity. 
So after what happened is after the lockdown in China, the economy in China started to operate at 90% level. There, we must remember that obviously it's not easy going forward. You, you, you don't change people's minds very, very abruptly. So what we're seeing is that people are slowly, slowly getting out of their homes. Um, for example, in China, metros and public transportation systems were still not utilized to their full potential. And obviously, domestic flights means that less traveling and less, less tourism, even from a domestic perspective. Um, although, although shops are eventually opening up, um, GDP recovery, obviously, post-COVID is expected to be, to be slower. For example, lately, uh, the European Commission issued a number of reports. Uh, and for Malta, it reported that in 2020, the, the economy for Malta is expected to contract by 6%, which is substantial when we, in, in the previous years we have been experiencing a real growth rate of 6-7%. So comparatively, we, we will suffer, obviously, with, this, is, this has been an exogenous shock to the system, which obviously is going to impact us all negatively. Um, this is mostly driven, particularly um, from aggregate spending patterns. As I said before, people are less, have less money in their hands, and so they are reluctant to go out and spend that money, which, has, which, which is earned, after all. Um, there have been a number of people who have lost their jobs, so that means less spending power in their hands. And potentially also, it could mean that, that they, they default on their, on their loans and on their mortgages. So this is, has been a very, very, very challenging for governments in order to forestall such, such, such situations. Um, so all in all, we are experiencing a bit of a slowdown in recovery. We have seen the health authorities saying that this is a transition phase, yet we are still experiencing large numbers in cases, in the number of cases. Um, for example, today, we, we, there wasn't a case, a single case of COVID-19, but over the weekend, we have seen nine cases, 13 cases. Obviously, the psychological stress um, which is intertwined with, with, with this, is going to affect the morale and the consumer confidence in, in the economy. Um, from a more positive side, we have also seen, as I said in, in my previous podcast, um, that a number of companies are, are quick to innovate. There, there has been a substantial um, investment in research and development, particularly to change their operation lines and start producing personal protective equipment. So I think we are slowly getting there, Alicia, so to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And as you've said, so much has changed even in the last few weeks. Um, mm -hmm. But it does seem like the economy is perhaps slowly picking up in some regards, as you've said. Yes. There, there's still, of course a long way to go and lots of important decisions to be made. Um, of course, every country is having to make many critical decisions in how to best react to the um, economically crippling effects of the outbreak, as you've described uh, today and in previous sessions. Mm -hmm.
And now for a quick intermission. In relation to iGaming, at PKF Malta we are primed to provide advice that goes beyond simple conventional licensing requirements and pride ourselves in providing a one-stop shop for professional services such as gaming license and controlled skills game license applications, company formation and the setting up of bank accounts, as well as other services such as payroll and accounting, the commissioning and financial audit services and VAT and tax advice. Um, so Miriam, how is Malta dealing with this and specifically how is the Maltese government responding? So um, over the weekend we have seen a number of restaurants and beauty parlors and nail technicians and also hairdressers opening up which are considered to be the most risky so to say. Um, we have seen that although the, the economy is slowly picking up it depends on the location. For, for example, uh, restauranters in, in Valletta were reporting um, a decrease in sales. But on the other hand, those in Slema were operating almost at a normal capacity. Um, it is also impacting our local economy in a way that it, there is a, there's going to be a slight inflation in, in, the, in the system. What do I mean is that... Uh, because of the increase in costs, because of the, the increase in the regulatory requirements concerning safety and hygiene protocols, this, these costs are now being shifted on to consumers. So, for example, I have seen posts on Facebook um, by nail, nail technicians um, who are asking for an extra charge. Uh, from the usual 24 euro for a typical infill to a 25. You, you may tell me it's not much, but this would probably may have been postponed to a later date, this price, price increase, you know what I mean? So we are seeing that element, an increase in the prices. Um, uh, and uh, also we are, we are obviously exper still experiencing the impacts on our, on our labor market. Um, Jobs Plus data indicated that an employment increased from 1,600 1, individuals in February 2020 to 2,100 in March 2020. That implies an increase in 21%. Yet, there have been news reports in the media who, who, which, which claim that restauranters are, are finding it difficult to find uh, workers, particularly as they were relying on foreign workers. So we are seeing a bit of a mismatch here in the market. On one hand, we are seeing um, an increase in unemployment, but on the other hand, anecdotal evidence from the media reports um, are saying that they don't have enough stuff to cope um, with, 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 the, with the reopening of, of the restaurants and, and, and bars and, uh, and cafes. Um, government has been responsive. Obviously, we know that one of the basic, basic functions of government is the allocation of resources, particularly in such de depression, depressing times. So, for example... The government um, uh, implemented the wage supplementary scheme, which, which, which helps um, employees who have been made redundant 
as a result of the pandemic, um, the government basically devised two parallel schemes in support of those sectors which have been negatively impacted. Um, uh, and then there is also a special unemployment benefit for those employees who had their full-time employment terminated, including those self-employed as a result of the pandemic. Um, this, this, this unemployment benefit is equivalent to 166 euro if they were full-timers um, and 103 euro per week if they have part-timers. Um, we have also seen uh, a deferral of taxes by government, so VAT, employees taxes, maternity fund payments and social security payments for April and also March were deferred. Um, uh, and also, interestingly, the Malta Government Bank um, issued the COVID-19 Guarantee Scheme, which provides guarantees to commercial banks in order to enhance access to bank financing for the working capital requirements of businesses in Malta, which have been facing um, a sudden acute liquidity shortage. Um, the government also allowed a three-month moratorium for, from banks for business and business or personal loans as well. And um, there have been also media reports which stated that the Commission, the European Commission, allowed for a 5.3 million COVID-19 R&D fund, which is very interesting in, within the current context because this allows for researchers to research antiviral and uh, and mitigation measures and also perhaps a vaccine so so all in all the government has contributed to around 1.8 billion in in total and uh, obviously as all the rest of the european countries we are we are expecting an excessive deficit this year as um, as regards to the government budget balance in fact, recently, Minister Shikluna, our Minister for Finance, um, reported that uh, the government is expecting a deficit of 7.5 of GDP, which um, is in excess of the threshold um, in terms of the Stability and Growth Pact. So, however, in response, um, the European Commission stated that at this point in time, it will, uh, will, will discard any excessive spending um, as a result of the pandemic the government needed to interject. However, obviously, as we go forward, this, this negative budget balance needs to be corrected for. And uh, so that obviously there will be other implications, um, including excessive deficit procedures, which will result in penalties if, if they're not abided with. Um, so, all in all, the government has been very responsive, I think. Um, obviously, there are some sectors which haven't been um, very, very thought of. For, for example, the professional services industry, for example, including lawyers, has, have also been negatively hit. Yet, the multi-enterprise schemes do not do not take care of that. The, the government was heavily criticized for that as well. So, well, you, you, you can never make everyone happy. <laughs> As you said, the virus is 
clearly placing a huge demand on to public resources. And as mentioned earlier, the theme of this session is the age of triage. Um, so how mm -hmm. does the question of triage relate to this, in your opinion? Well, uh, triage is usually referred to the, the process of screening patients um, in an emergency hall and to determine the, the priority of their case. In this, in this context, we can relate triage to, to government spending. Um, for example, in Italy, we have seen um, uh, the lack of critical care resources in hospitals, um, who has forced uh, doctors to choose who gets their treatment and who, who doesn't, basically. So, of course, government have uh, a big role in this, um, given the limitation of and the growing list of beneficiaries, there is a certain need for, for triage. So the government have, has chosen particular sectors to take care of, as I mentioned previously, but refused others. So, for example, the, the, the government, I recently mentioned that the government issued the Malta's wage supplementary scheme. Because of the, of the issues and uh, that so some sectors have been made completely redundant and some sectors, some sectors, businesses have slowly stopped, slow, slowed down, so to say. So differential treatment based on profession was made throughout the scheme. So, for example, governments um, have also used this method across the world um, in support of airlines. Um, many airlines, we know that they have been grounded. Um, the majority of their flights weren't allowed to, to fly, of course, because of the risk involving the pandemic. Um, um, and governments have interjected in order to help out these, these airlines. Number also that uh, because of a number because of the number of uh, cancellations, um, uh, a lot of companies have been forced to repay their flights to 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 their customers because of EU law. Now that creates a situation whereby airlines they either go bust or or I mean it's it's very difficult to pay or their customers and reimburse them for their for their flights. So obviously governments around the world have already stepped in in order to offer extensive support packages. So for example, Singapore Airlines has received 15 billion and also the Australian government has pledged $1 billion um, in support for Qantas Airlines, the, the, which is uh, Australia's largest airline. With all of this taken into account and looking forward, what do you think the future holds and what will the new normal look like? Yes, so obviously the, um, the consequences on, on GDP, GDP growth, will, will depend on the duration of the pandemic and the measures which are taken by health authorities in order to mitigate spread. Um, Government have a key role. Governments across the world have a key role here. Um, they need to help private entities in order to protect uh, production capacities and also support aggregate demand. Um, obviously, we will be 
we will obviously see a decrease in the number of employment, um, particularly in those intense labor-intensive industries such as construction, hospitality, and also the leisure industries. Uh, the social distancing will continue to prevail. Unfortunately, it could be very problematic in certain situations. For example, um, restaurants, it's very difficult for them to implement social distancing. That would mean that uh, if they have a, a certain amount of square meters, now they need to fit in less um, uh, clients, customers at their restaurants because of less space and because of the restrictions imposed by health authorities um, uh, those households which are considered within the vulnerable group um, particularly those who are over 65 years of age um, will see a bit of a decline in, in, uh, in their morale they will obviously be going out less so we will definitely be seeing more and more um, psychological distress from a from a from a social point of view. Um, um, there will also be a shift um, in the way we work, Elise, as well. Um, for example, the, I have recently seen a local company who, despite being in the transition phase, um, they are going for a three-day week from their normal office and a two-day week from, from home. So this is being done in order not only to, to prevent the spread of the virus between themselves, but also in order to decrease their, their, their reliance on the use of public transport, the use of the car. So that will also shift um, our, our dynamic and, and how we, the way we work together. Um, and as I said last time, of course, this will, this will open up uh, new ventures for example we have seen a number of businesses who have completely shifted their operations remotely um so all in all as the as the scientific world is working actively towards this the, the solution this, the, the solution for a vaccine we will obviously um, continue to experience social distancing and this this will go for a little bit longer I'm afraid so um, we will see a bit of um, a shift so to say at least I think <laughs> yeah I think there's still a long way to go but as you said we're it will be interesting to see these like major dynamic shifts whether they're social economic or even yes. psychological as you said yeah. Yes, we will, we will obviously need to wait a little bit longer because, as I said in the beginning, the long haul of suppression will take a bit of time. Um, but uh, the issue of social distancing and the costs attached to social distancing um, will, will negatively impact the cash flow of companies. Um, and the way we work, unfortunately, every, everyone, not every entity is capable of incurring those fixed costs for a per specs, for a extra sanitizers and reduction in their, their demand. So all in all, it will be a difficult way forward, I, I would say. <laughs> but let's, let's not discourage ourselves. Um, uh, recovery is there. Um, the transition phase is happening, and uh, thank God we, we have registered um, little cases so far. So uh, going forward, it's not and gloom. <laughs>
Exactly. Uh, thank you so much, Miriam, for joining us in this session today. It's been great to hear your thoughts on this topic. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Bit Podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter 